Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we've become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strengths and show our scars with pride. Hey, Show Your Scars. I am excited to bring to you somebody that I have really admired over the last few years and what she has done to accomplish her dreams and the perseverance, resilience, tenacity she has shown in her buildup to that dream. I have Jackie Jamelis with me on the podcast today. She is a basketball player professionally currently playing overseas in Italy, but has played in Greece, in Italy, in Spain, and in her dream league, the WNBA. I talk to her about a lot of things, and it starts off with just a little background on her. She is from Stockton, California. She went to USC and played basketball there. She was in high school, one of the best players, not only in California, but in the whole country. Got invited to the McDonald's All-American game, which for anybody that watches any sports knows that that is such an honor to be asked to play in that game. Unfortunately, two weeks before she tore her ACL for the first time and wasn't able to participate. And that kind of started a span of just tough injuries for her. Between 2006 and 2009, she tore her ACL four times. Uh, First right before the McDonald's All-American game, a year later, again on her right knee, about a year after that, on her left knee, just getting back to training, she tore her ACL. Six months later, she found out that her left graft didn't take and she would need it revised. And then she finally made her college debut for USC in the 2010 season against Cal. And, you know, everybody can relate to that feeling being back and finally contributing to something that you wanted to be a part of for so long. And I think for Jackie, it shows just the resilience that she had in the 2010, 11 season for USC. She played every single game and then her last season on December 18th. So not even halfway through, she retore her ACL. What's great about this whole story is Jackie really took advantage of the opportunity she was given. It it was hard, but she got her undergraduate and graduate degree in her six years at USC. She ended up changing up her rehab the last time during her fifth ACL, and we talk a little bit more about this in detail in the podcast, but she really believes that that saved her career, and she was then drafted in 2012 to the Minnesota Lynx in the third round. She didn't play the first year in the WNBA. She played in Greece and then Italy. And then in 2015, she signed with the Chicago Sky. She made her debut during that season and recalls on the podcast the moment that she felt like she was living her dream and how cool it was to be called a member of that team and a contributing member. She's now playing in Italy and continuing to uh, do everything she can to be the best player that she can be. I just love her outlook on so many different things. We talk about why the WNBA helped her see her dreams, how she continued to play through all her trials and why she did that. We talk about how she felt alienated and decided to create a a team around her. She gets real about how she lost a lot of confidence, not only as a basketball player, but personally throughout this process. 
how it took her three years to feel like she was confident again. And that had a lot to do with her consistency on the court. And lastly, the advice she would give to herself before this all started and what she would want her legacy to be when this is all said and done. You want to stay tuned towards the end because she really has some good things to say about what she's trying to do just as a person that plays basketball. Jackie is such a cool person. I really enjoyed talking with her. And since she's a basketball player and there was kind of a big basketball game recently, we start off there and who she wanted to win the NBA Finals. Thank you for taking some time to chat with me. Oh, oh yeah, no problem at all. I'm excited to talk to you. And, um, you know, I've read a lot about your story just because me too. I, I tore my ACL three times and it, mm-hmm. um, you know, is a challenge. And when I heard about your story, I just was so interested in talking with you and kind of hearing how you got back from all this and, and kind of your path. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. No, um, no problem. Cool. Well, well. First off, you're a basketball player, so and you're kind of from the Bay Area. I mean, Stockton is not exactly the Bay Area, but a, l- a little bit. Yeah. Are you are you a Warriors fan? <laughs> um, you know, I I I was at Game Five actually. How um, was that? And it was amazing. <sighs> and I definitely support them just because you know they're nearby and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I'm more of like um just like a fan of basketball versus like a favorite team or anything like that. So I I just like more so like players. Um, But I, I mean, I was, I was happy for the Warriors. I wouldn't have minded if the Cavaliers won either. Yeah. I really like LeBron. So. Okay. Yeah. I, that's kind of how I am with EPL teams. Everyone's like, who's your favorite English team? And I'm like, I can't, it depends on the year. Like I just like certain players and I like styles of play and I, would prefer to just like watch a game than be so committed to a certain team. Yeah, no, same with me. It's yeah. just like the chemistry of the team and like how they are with one another and if they're selfish, if they're unselfish, you know what I mean? It's just like so many different things play into it. That's why I like the Cavs so much. Um, just because I felt like they were just, they wanted to win so bad. There wasn't like, I mean, LeBron could have taken over at any time, but he's so unselfish. He's so passive. You yeah. know, and, and Kyrie, same. Like, I just felt like they wanted to win as a team. Yeah. And I really liked watching that. Yeah. Um, what a cool experience to be there. And um, I, I kind of want to start from for this interview just, like, at the beginning, you know, at, in your childhood and kind of why you decided to get into basketball. Yeah. Um, so I guess I started playing when I was around seven years old. Um my dad was a basketball player when he was younger. He um, he went to Weber State in Utah, and then he played some like professional basketball overseas in Athens, Greece. Um, so I think he was a big influence on you know why I wanted to play basketball, and I guess why I chose basketball over soccer. That was mm-hmm. those were my two sports growing up. Um, and me and my sister were really close in age. We were 15 months apart. Um, so we were always super competitive when it came to sports. And I, like, actually credit her a lot for me, you know, kind of developing into the player that I've become. Um, because she was always a little bit better than me. So the younger sister naturally just wants to outwork the older one and, uh, you know, try and be better than her. 
so I, you know, I think that was really, really helpful to, um, growing up. Um, and, and my dad was, he's always been my coach, my mentor, um, my role model. He's taught me pretty much everything I know basketball wise. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been playing for a long time and definitely my dad had a big part in that growing up. Yeah. And so many things that you're saying there probably influenced you to want to play at a higher level and, and take this to be a pro one day. Do you remember the day that you were like, okay, I, I want to do this. Like, this is something that I want to do for my job. Yeah. Um, well, I think as the years went on, like it started in seventh grade, um, you know, people started saying, um, you know, how good I was. And uh-huh. then eighth grade, eighth grade, it was kind of on like a bigger scale. And then when I got in high school, it was, you know, like a national scale. So okay. it was kind of like a progression. So I would say, um, I would say like in my freshman, sophomore year in high school is when I really like realized that professional basketball was um, definitely, you know, something in my future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always wanted to play in the WNBA ever since it started in like 1998. Um, me and my parents would always go to the Sacramento Monarchs games, which is like 30 minutes from Stockton. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, like one of my favorite players is Tisha Pinachero. Um, so, you know, I just kind of grew up in that world and was always really, really uh, just intrigued by what they did. So I, I would say ever since that league started, that's definitely been like my dream. And so cool for us to grow up in a time where we have that, you know, with soccer and with basketball, there were leagues, soccer more in and out with professional yeah. leagues, but, you know, the national team being around. But with basketball, I feel like it's you're seeing how important that is to have those role models. Like you said, you get, got to drive 30 minutes and watch these women play and say, that's what I want to do. And I think that's really creating so many good players now in the WNBA. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think we're so fortunate to have been, you know, able to grow up and, and watch that for mm-hmm. sure. Do you remember something about the game when you were younger in, in that like childhood, teenage years that just like one part of the game that was so fun to you that you, you were like, you could do that all the time. Like that was your go-to. Like I want to play basketball because it's this to me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think basketball is actually the only thing in the world that kind of gives me a particular feeling. Um, and it's like a feeling of um, adrenaline, just like confidence, all these different emotions built into one thing. Um and basketball's really been the only thing that can give me this particular feeling. I don't even know what to call it or how to really describe it. No, I know um, what you mean, though. I, I can, yeah. I can, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and uh, growing up, I guess there was this one game that I'll probably never forget. Mm, same with my dad. Uh-huh. Um, we played. Uh, it was our Valley Elite team, and it was a team that was made a brand new team in Stockton that was made because um, we had some really good players in this area uh-huh. but we always had to we always had to branch out and go to the Bay Area and play on the good teams there you know so coupled or uh, 
a player's father decided to make a local team here in Stockton, and we ended up putting together a pretty darn good team yeah. um, in seventh and eighth grade, I think. Um, long story short, uh, East Bay Explosion was like the best, the best team, I believe, club basketball kind of in the NorCal area. And it was like the NorCal qualifiers for like the nationals. Okay. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And basically long story short, I I just, I had a couple game, like a, a, a game winner to go into overtime and then the shot to win the game in overtime. So it's kind of, it's like a two big shot, like a buzzer beater type thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's just something I think that, we've always kind of remembered and like just something you just don't forget, you know, and a feeling you go back to. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just kind of, um, set, set in the fact that that's something that I want to continue doing for the rest of my career and, and be able to feel like that again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That is something that you tap into in moments that are tough and you're like, that's why I do it. That's for that feeling there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you, you mentioned this a little bit, just you continued to get better and better in, in high school. You were quite the stud, I would say, you know, re- reading up on you a little bit more and, um, you know, don't, we don't have any clips from high school, so I can't look back at any of those things, but I, you know, you did make the all, the McDonald's all American game, which is pretty, a pretty an iconic game, especially for people of our generation. Uh, that was something that everybody would watch every single year how did that feel to get chosen for such a cool event oh i mean it was it was amazing um like you said it's an iconic event and every top basketball player wants to be invited to that uh, kind of have a weird feeling about it because i had torn my acl two weeks before that game right so that's i wasn't I was actually able go, to participate that's what it. i was going to go to next but um but, and and I would imagine that would be difficult. Like, how do you wrap your emotions around something that you wanted but didn't get to? Did you get to go and, and be there, or did you? could you not go? Yeah, no, I was there. Um, you know, I, I was around. I just wasn't able to play. But I think the biggest disappointment for me wasn't the game. It was uh, the fact that I wasn't going to be able to play my first year at USC. Um I was going to have to redshirt that following year. I think that was more of a hardship for me, and it was the the long haul versus that game in two weeks. I mean, yeah, it would have been pretty cool to be in it, but I still got to be there. I still got all the gear. You know, my name was still on everything, but that was kind of the first moment where um, I felt it was the beginning of, like, how I felt alienated throughout the – throughout my future future years during mm-hmm. my ACL and um, just kind of feeling alienated from my team and what was going on. So it was kind of the beginning of that feeling yeah. uh, that lasted for a long time for me. And going to that, that moment when you did tear your ACL, do you remember the day? Do you remember kind of some of your initial thoughts and um, how you kind of handled the first few steps of like what just happened? Yeah, um, I mean, we were all just kind of sitting around waiting for the results, and we were just hanging around in the living room, and then we got the call, and it was just kind of like a silence and, you know, just the emotional disappointment and tears and 
all that, you know, it's never a good thing to hear that you've, you know, endured or you're about to endure that process for any athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the worst injury you could possibly have that or an Achilles. I feel like it's just so long and so mentally taxing. Mm-hmm. So I think that, it, you know, it was just devastating pretty much. Yeah. Is it for most of your life, like when you do talk about it, is it easy for you to talk about it or do you find it still to be a challenge even today? Cause I, I mean, personally I waver back and forth. Yeah. Um, I think I've matured a lot and I've, I've gotten to a point where it's okay at this point. Um, definitely not easy. I mean, there's times where I hear myself talking about it and my voice cracks or I want to start crying, but um, for the most part, I mean, I've gotten kind of over that a little bit and I'm able to be okay with it. Before, you know, I was younger, I was really, really emotional and couldn't really think about the, the silver lining to any of it. You know, I mean, I did a little bit, but it's just, it's, it's, there's a bigger picture now and I, and I'm actually over it. I've been healthy for almost six years now, so yeah. that helps a lot too. And I, I won't, I won't make you recall all the, all the things, but you know, for you, it was a, it was a long recovery. Let's just say, let's just call it one long recovery, you know, for those few years, it it Mm -hmm. took, it took a while to get back to where you felt like Jackie again. And do you remember moments in, um, in the process that you were, were really challenging? And, um, I think it's, it's, great for the people that are listening to understand that the the things that they feel are similar things that other people feel and like to have that vulnerability of saying like I cried because of whatever or I felt like I was alienated and how can did you find a way to get over that or or pull people in and help you to feel less alienated Some, something of that matter yeah uh, I think um, my biggest challenge through all of my injury was um, just being, I was in a team atmosphere because a, a majority of mine were all done in college. Well, they all were done in college. So mm-hmm. um, like I said earlier, feeling alienated from my teammates and from what was going on. Uh, I feel like I lost a lot of confidence, not only as a basketball player, but as a person um, because I just wasn't sure of myself anymore if I wasn't playing basketball and this is also coming from an immature standpoint I was a lot younger dealing with this too yeah um so I didn't feel confident in any regard um and and having to sit on the sidelines during the games was for me the hardest thing Mm -hmm. um the ultimate hardest thing just because I always felt like if the real me was on the court I you know I could help my teammates so much or um you know, I'm just I'm sitting here while everyone is is playing and getting better and living out their dreams and one step closer to being in the WNBA. And these are all steps that I I needed to take and I wanted to take in order to get to the top in the WNBA, where you know my my dreams and aspirations were at that time. But so uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that those two things that I mentioned. Absolutely, and it. It kind of sounds to me what you're saying and kind of the things that I felt too is like a 
it's a combination between guilt and anger. Like, I feel guilty I can't help yeah. my team, and I'm angry that I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, the, the rehab part of it, you know, that was hard, and that was repetitive, considering I am a torn ACL five times. So that was, you know, like I said, repetitive. But working hard was never an issue for me, and overcoming things were it was that was never an issue for me it was the not being able to play it was the not being able to live out my dreams with the people in my class that are already in the WNBA and I'm yeah. still in college trying to get my knee right and you know etc that type of situation was for me the hard part do you remember anything you did mentally to help yourself um did you go and talk to somebody or did you practice yeah visualization I, I went through yeah yeah I, I went through all those different little things any edge I, I could any input someone had that could help me I was I was on it you know I would talk to somebody I would meditate I would you know all kinds all kinds of things like that but at the end of the day um, you know I think for me I just needed to get my confidence back and it would and that was just going to come with playing and if I wasn't playing I wasn't going to get that swagger and that confidence back um so ultimately, I just needed to get healthy and get back on the court. So I was so focused on my rehab, um, you know, and and trying to like the the good part about all this is I got my master's at USC. You know, yeah. six years of school paid for. So that was that was the best thing I could have done with my situation. Um, and, and I'm really grateful that I had such a good supporting cast, my parents and friends and family around me to push me to do that and not just waste it off you know because I easily could have um but just just the support I had around me it was so vital to my comeback yeah yeah and I think people going through the injury need um a good support system around them you know positive influences and people with the same work ethic uh you know it's just it's just something you need because there's so many ups and downs within within the injury and you know you sometimes you just need something to uplift you because it's it's too hard to do it by yourself and with that you know you talk about being alienated and it's like you're creating your own new team you know you are separated from your team that you're so used to being around but if you don't build your own team around you and and choose the people wisely or sometimes people weed themselves out right like they don't they don't check yeah, in totally. or, and and they they don't they're not there for you in those moments and the team around you that you've built is different but it's still a team and I think if if you look at it that way and you recognize the people around you are are really helping you in that journey it's it can be very beneficial no absolutely well said can yeah. agree with you more um, so you, you mentioned, um, you're, you're, you needed to get your confidence back and the only way to do that was to get back on the court. Do you remember, um, do you remember a moment when you're, when you were like, I, I can taste it. Like I am almost there. Like I'm starting to gain that confidence, that swagger that I used to have. I, I feel like me again. Yeah. Um, that didn't really happen for me until I'd say, um, like, uh, when I, when I was in Italy three years ago, Yeah. uh, it happened, it took me, it took me about 
two and a half, three years to, to feel that. I mean, yeah, of course you have spurts and you have little um, glimpse, glimpses of greatness and hope and whatnot. But for me, I, I needed consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed that in order to feel like um, I could perform at my best. Yeah. So for me, that didn't happen. I'd say till about three years out, three years healthy, where I just felt like, okay, my confidence is back. I'm, you know, I'm the player that I was with a slight difference. Um, and, and you know, for me, for me as a as a player, as a basketball player, confidence is everything. So yeah. that's that's what I was fiending for, you know. Yeah, and did you in that period so that you know for a lot of people listening that sounds like a long time I I experienced a a span like that as well but were you able to it's it's hard right you're pushing yourself but there had to have been some kind of grace period right but as athletes we want to push and we want to get you know we want we demand so much out of ourselves is that what got you to that point is continuing to demand a lot out of yourself or did you feel like you were acknowledging the tiny steps within that that you were accomplishing. Yeah, I think a little bit of both. Um, for me, just being able to prove every to everyone that I could still make the WNBA was kind of my uh, my goal and my um, I guess you can say my I kind of set set the standard to that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to stop until I made I made a team in the WBA. Um and that was to prove people wrong and I was also to prove to myself. Um you know, I just like I said since I was a little girl since 1998 when they started the league, that's just something that I envisioned for myself and um uh, I wanted to do that for myself, for my parents because you know they put in so much time and energy and love and sweat and tears and everything else uh to help me get to where to where I was and where I am today too so it was just something um that that was the big thing for me was to make a WNBA roster and be one of the top 144 players you know considered one of the top 144 players in the world that's that's just something I had to do so I think it was just proving that um you know from from the time when I was finally starting to get healthy again and all the years overseas and all the the teams I was cut I was cut on in the WNBA it was just like a process like I'm getting closer and closer and closer not quite there yet but I know what I need to do in order to get there you know yeah just constantly evaluating and reevaluating and acknowledging the you know the good and the bad yeah exactly um so in I want to backtrack a a tiny bit into that, this last ACL rehab. And were there things that you changed? I know for, for me, I felt like doing it over and over again. I was like, I can't, I feel like I'm going insane because it's just the same thing happening. And again and again, like I have to change something like I have to mm-hmm. be in in more control of this process. Cause like you, my first two were in college and then my third one was, um, you know, my third one wasn't like you, I was playing pro, but I had more control. Right. And I felt like, okay, I got to change something up. Was there something that you yeah. changed that you were that looking back, you felt like, gosh, um, that was a great move by me because I felt like that was the doctor for me or that was the PT for me or the graph choice or whatever it may be. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Well, all of my decisions as far as the surgery were all the same. I, I had alabaster each time. Um, but the one thing that did change for me was after my fifth tear, um, I was done with college at that time. Um, I, well, I had actually torn it in my sixth year. So I rehabbed a little bit, but my rehab, um, I changed to a guy um, named Fabrice Gautier, um, this guy that my agent recommended for me. Um, he did it for free because, you know, I wasn't a pro athlete. I wasn't really making money at this time. So he did it for free, and he kind of took me under his wing. Um, he has an office in Beverly Hills. He trains a bunch of NBA athletes. I mean, he's wow, real deal, like yeah. really, really big time. And I was so fortunate and so freaking lucky. I can't, I can't even stress that enough that I, I had him. And like you said, my body needed a change. I was with the same trainer for four years, and and he was amazing. He was awesome. But, you know, you gotta you have to change it up uh, at some point. He knew that. I knew that. And um, I think Fabrice kind of saved my career. Um, I would go as far as to say that just because. Um, he's just what I needed at the time. And uh, that's, I think that's the reason I'm still playing today. It's amazing. I always see, think of the timing things happen in life and, you know, at the moment it seems so like wrong. And for you in, in that particular moment, like you said, like you were done with college. So you did have an agent and your agent happened to know this guy and the timing was perfect. Like, if it weren't for him in that moment of your life, like who's to know what, what would have happened and, and yeah, no, for sure. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a true believer in that. So yeah, that's for sure. Um, so now going into, um, before we talk about what kind of what it led you into in, in playing in the WNBA, do you feel like, um, you have a takeaway from that whole, journey you had with your knee injuries um yeah I mean of course I think it I think it helped like shape me into who I am just as a person and how just how I am in in all aspects of life I think I've learned patience you know I've learned dedication I've learned perseverance I've learned resilience um these are all kind of words trigger words that um I kind of use for myself, uh, you know, just so that I feel like kind of this kind of describe me in some words. Um, and I think I, I kind of, I use that in life too. You know, I've, if I'm ever, um, enduring in any kind of adversity or anything, I'm the last one to give up, you know, and it's just kind of, kind of just became who I am, I guess. Yeah, no, that's great. It, I think adversity reveals character, and so those things are always within you. But, you know, they came to the forefront when you were faced with something really challenging. Yeah, for sure. And if you could go back before everything started and tell yourself one thing, it could be advice, it could be motivation, whatever, or, you know, just what it would be like in the end, uh, what would you tell yourself? Um, I mean, I would tell myself if you have a dream, if you have a passion in life for something, um, never give up on it until you're satisfied just because 
you know, we only have this one life to live and you don't want to regret it someday if you don't um, continue to persevere through your injury or through whatever it is, but in this case, injury, Um, you know, and like I said, it's all about, it's all about passion. If you've got that passion, it's not, it doesn't come more than once in a lifetime. I don't think maybe, maybe it does, but not for most people. So for me, for me, it's basketball and for me, it's playing basketball. So that was, that's all I was focused on. And I wasn't going to let that slip away. Not then, not now. Um, So, I mean, just hang on and and keep doing exactly what you want to do in this lifetime you know yeah that's great and so so now you have you know you persevered you have been resilient all those words that you just talked about and uh, you made your dream you got to play in the WNBA do you remember that Mm -hmm. first game back yes (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, do you get the chills still uh, thinking about it? Uh, yeah, I do. It's like insane. Um, more so my than my first game. I remember my first basket. Uh, that was like, you know, that kind of like made it all extremely yeah. real because I felt like, you know, I wasn't just in the league. I was um, contributing. You know, I was I was in it. You know, I was really mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, I was impacting it. Yeah, so it was like I remember uh, my teammate was Cappy Pondexter, another player who I looked up to growing up. Uh, for people, for people my age that really studied the game and really watched it growing up, mm-hmm. they you realize what you're playing with, and I re- realized I was playing with Cappy Pondexter. So for me, you know, that was a huge, huge deal, and she was actually the pat she she made the assist to me in the corner for a three um <sighs> uh, yeah so that, i'll never forget that yeah and it, those moments are um surreal right i remember christine lily I, I you know i know pondexter that name um as a, a female yeah. athlete and christine lily was my teammate when i made it pro and i was like what i you want me to call you lil like i don't even know you like we're friends now yeah. this is so <laughs> weird <laughs> That's amazing. Wait, what's wait? Are you uh, softball or soccer? Soccer. Yeah, soccer. Okay, that's soccer. what I thought. Yeah. You said throw, right? Did you just say throw? I said you want me to call. Uh, I don't know what I said. <laughs> so you're you played the last season overseas again, correct? After some time in the WNBA, you went yeah. back overseas. With the thoughts of just continuing playing, do you want to stay overseas? Do you like the the environment and the culture there, or are you always looking to come back to WNBA? Um, well, I like doing both sometimes, not all the time. Like Currently, I'm not in the WNBA right now, and mm-hmm. I'm liking that um, because I'm home with my family, and I'm just like training and working on my game and things like that where I don't get to do that often mm-hmm. um, so I I mean as women's basketball players we make good money overseas so that's like that's kind of um, I mean I love playing overseas I, the countries I've played in Spain Italy Greece they're all three in my opinion like the best countries to play in yeah um, and I've like kind of became obsessed with Italy um, I'm going back this year for my third year in Italy so I love it there um, and you know, if WNBA presents itself for next summer, 
I'm open to it, but I'm not, you know, my whole thing was playing in the league and I did that for, for a full year. So it's just kind of like, it's just icing on the cake of it. Yeah. If I get another good opportunity. Yeah. Um, so a, a couple last questions during your injuries or even continued something that's continued with you through life. Has there been some different creative outlet? You know, a lot of the times basketball is your creative outlet, right? And when you lose that, you kind of crave something else. Did you find something that filled that gap? Um, to be honest, not really. Yeah. Um, I would just say that I, I turned to my family more and I, and I turned to the the people that are really close to me Uh and kind of became more dependent on them. But, uh, I'm weird. Like I don't like very many things and (laughs) I don't have a ton of friends. I just, um, you know, I'm I'm just so much about basketball that I could never really find something that I, like, enjoy like that. So I, you know, right. I mean, I'm, like, I go, uh, but, yeah, I don't have a hobby outside of basketball. Yeah. I have two questions um, to, f- to finish this up. One, um, you know, we're, we're talking a few years down the line and your basketball career is over. What do you want your legacy to be within the sport? Um... Good question. I would say um, just basically hopefully someone that can inspire um, athletes around the world, whatever sport they're in, um, that this injury is very, uh, very much something you can overcome and conquer and still live out your dreams no matter how many times you do it. Uh, It's just how much you, how bad you want it versus how hard it is, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I think that's well well said. Yeah. And then lastly, the the podcast that I do is called Show Your Scars. And one of the things I like to ask the people that are on it is what their scars mean to them. Um well, my scars I guess mean to me it's it's just a representation of everything that I've been through. Um everything that's happened to me over the years and uh, reasons why I'm here where I am and uh, you know I don't know where I would be if if all of these um, injuries didn't happen you know my life could have been completely different either in a good way or a bad way but I think it's just um, they've helped define who I am and help mold me into the person that I want to be for the rest of my life and I, I think I've just learned so much from from my injuries and, and everything so I I would just say it's just kind of like a representation of um, everything that's happened and who I am today. Mm -hmm. And you wear them with pride. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Um, Jackie, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Let's keep in touch. I'll I'll also tell you um, later on about some ideas I've had um, with, with this knee I would love that. It's weird. Like I get so proud of people. I don't even know you, but I feel like I do because this, you know, once you've gone through this injury, like anybody that overcomes, yeah. especially someone like you who, you know, can't stop, won't stop. And I love it. Yeah, totally. I love it too. I think like you said, we have an instant connection, you know, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. someone who's done it more than once. So yeah. I, I yeah. definitely understand. Okay. Well, you keep up the good work at home. Uh, get ready for your next season and enjoy your time with your family. 
Jackie has so many good things to say. I think you can take a lot of those little nuggets of information and lean into them. For her to want her legacy to be inspiring people, no matter what the sport, just to continue to pursue their dreams until they are satisfied. Wow. I mean, that's big time. And I think, Jackie, you are doing that and you're inspiring so many people that you don't even know about. That's the great thing about when you just live your truest life, that you continue to inspire people. I think Jackie had so many good things to say. I love how she leans on her family. She leans on people that she trusts in order to help her through the hard times in her life. And you can just tell she's a passionate person. Passion can override logic. It doesn't seem logical that a person with that many injuries can continue to play and her passion makes it possible. I really do believe in that and I love how she is also a person who thinks that everything happens for a reason. There's things in Jackie's life that continue to fall into place and I only wish her the best of luck and, and just really thank her for being on the podcast and sharing a little bit of her journey with us. You know, showing your scars and sharing your strength is something that we can all do every single day. We don't have to have a podcast. We don't have to have a platform. But I love hearing your guys' stories. I love hearing how, one, the podcast is affecting you, but two, how you are getting through your recovery, what you're doing. So make sure you email me, info at theaclclub.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at showyourscarspod. That's our new Twitter account, and I will be responding to those things as well. Um, just like I said about Jackie, I'm proud to call you guys members because you find a way to persevere and you're resilient. And I think those are words that definitely stand true and, and are pieces of character that are revealed within this process. And you can all tap into that if you choose to. What helps you tapping into that is to share your strength with one another. Go out there, show your scars, and in that, know that by helping others, you're helping yourself. That's the whole idea here at Show Your Scars. Let's help one another through the injury recovery process so we can turn out better on the other side. You got this. Show your scars with pride.